It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, uh, I got to tell you really quick uh, before we go on to anything else about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I've, I've been telling you guys about him for several weeks now. Brian and I both have. Uh, we love seeing you guys send us those photos on social media of you guys hanging out out there, uh, enjoying a cold beer, enjoying some wings or a burger or whatever else. Uh, it warms our heart, and I know it warms Boomer Jack's heart. Uh, we're glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as we do. I keep telling you guys specifically about Tuesdays and Wednesdays because Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got great deals the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer anywhere around. And it, it's just the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, a happy hour spot for you and your coworkers, Boomer Jacks is perfect for that. If you're looking for a nice dinner spot for the family somewhere to unwind, it's a great spot too. My kids love the tableside s'mores that they bring out there. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Boomer Jacks, man, wall-to-wall TVs. And I mean that literally. The TVs fill up the walls at Boomer Jacks. You are going to be so glad you went there. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, another signing that was made this week also probably impacts the run game, also impacts a a lot of the discussion around the offensive line, some of which we've already done here with Mike Solari, and that is uh, Chuma Doga is brought in here, played last year with Atlanta, former third-round pick out of USC, a guy we had thought uh, could have potentially been, a, you know, there, there were some discussions of a potential trade last year at the deadline. It's funny, the Cowboys have acquired the two guys that they were tied to at the deadline last year and Chuma Idoga and Brandon cooks. Um, but Idoga a guy who's uh, played a lot of tackle in his career uh, apparently is, is here as a guard is, is what they'd be looking at with him here, but offer some flexibility. Uh, have you got a chance to, to see Idoga or, or talk no, to really anybody around the league? Yeah, yeah I really haven't. I haven't, him? you know, it's funny. I, I need to get with the gang of seven on this one. Cause they're the ones that usually watch a lot of this tape. You did have some uh, thoughts back at the deadline though, right? Not nothing updated, but back at the deadline, I remember, uh, you'd said through, through some of your conversations that it, it sounded a little lukewarm on Idoga. Yeah. I, I remember to, I could say, I, I the guys and gals that I talk to are the ones that watch a lot of this tape. Uh-huh. And I don't, and I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what was said about that. So I'm going to circle back around and, you know, maybe on our next show, I'll have a little bit of a better update and a little bit better understand, but this, these, these moves and Bobby, we talk about this a bunch. Will McClay, I think does a really good job of protecting his roster. Yes. I really do. And the reason why you go out and you get a Doga and a guy like that is, when you play preseason games, now maybe he could develop as that swing player. Maybe he can develop sure. into the guy that could play a couple of different spots. But but what you do is with a veteran guy who's made starts and you have him in camp, and then all of a sudden you get into preseason games, Adoga turns into the guy that's playing into the third quarter and then playing into the fourth. And so when you're trying to evaluate Will, Will Greer more, at quarterback, or maybe you draft a quarterback. Yeah. And now you're trying to evaluate that guy. 
or you're trying to evaluate wide receivers that you might draft or have signed. You know, you want veteran players on your offensive line because what happens is, you know, you get a bunch of young guys, you get five really young guys out there that kind of you are know, struggling, you know, to kind of understand what they're doing or doing their jobs. Sacks, you're not creating any running lanes. You know, you're just not. So having veteran players that could play in preseason games helps you in your evaluation. Adoga initially, I think, is going to be that guy. And let's see if he plays well enough to where he takes a, a Matt Farniox job or something like that where he's playing in a couple of different spots. This is, uh, I, I want to get your thoughts specifically on this. And I know we've, we've discussed it a little bit, but this might be the spot to flesh it out a little bit more. This is very interesting from uh, Nick Eatman from his story at DallasCowboys.com about the signing of Edoga, which a guy who's played left and right tackle at yeah. USC and in the NFL, but it has mainly been a tackle in his career. This is the story from Nick. It says, depth on the offensive line is always a luxury. The Cowboys seemingly added to that on Wednesday, acquiring veteran Chuma Edoga to the mix. Great. Edoga could even be a candidate to compete for the starting spot at left guard to replace Connor McGovern. That would indicate that there is a starting spot available at left yeah. guard, which if Tyron Smith is starting at left tackle, you're not just having second-year Tyler Smith compete with somebody at left guard. That, no. would, that would be his spot. So is the fact that that line even gets written, that there's a starting spot open at left guard, does that indicate Tyler Smith is starting at left tackle next year, Terrence Steele is starting at right tackle, Tyron Smith is not in the starting line. I, right I, think, I think that they've got I think they got Tyron Smith's contract to the point where he is your new version of Jason Peters. With the escalators for playing time? Yeah, yeah. If if something happens at Cause, guard... Because you could read it one of two ways. You could read it as those escalators are in there to protect the Cowboys if he gets hurt again. Right. Or like you're saying, they could be in there to fairly compensate Tyron if he has to start. If he has to start, right, right. So, yeah, I, I, I think that to me, I just don't see a good reason to not play Tyler Smith anything other, anywhere other than left tackle. I just no. don't. He looks like he has special traits there. I don't. I just don't. And I mean, no nothing against Tyron Smith Hall of Fame tackle. Yeah. He, you know, him playing right tackle wasn't as good as Steele playing right tackle. No. Last Steel, year. by the way, shout out to Duke Manyweather. Duke has done a great job. Duke, Duke had a video out Check yesterday. Check out the clips. He is. He is already Duke's got him working. Post ACL. He's out there. He's sliding. He looks smooth. Yeah. That was very encouraging. So Terrence Steele already back working. There's a there's a guy that I absolutely buried. I bur and I, I can't I can't say it any clearer than that. I buried that kid. You know, and I'm usually pretty good with these offensive linemen. I buried him. You and your play strength issues with play tackles. strength <laughs> issues. It happens. David Bakhtiari, Steele, Nate Soldor. You know, any one of those guys that doesn't have power. Uh, Colton Miller was. I think there's some debate about him. Col Colton Miller needed a lot of technique cleanup yeah, was his issue, yeah. which he's gotten better. A lot of false steps in his college tape. He yeah, fixed it. He, he did. Credit but, to him. But Duke's doing a great job with you know anybody that duke works with they're going to be well versed on how to play but 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I just kind of feel like that they're setting this thing up to where Tyron Smith is going to be your swing tackle guy. Yeah. You know, and it's going to be funny to see him, you know. I mean, we'll see how quickly uh Steele gets back again. Britt Brown, Steele, those guys work really, really hard. They, you know, they'll, they'll be back before you know it. That's it. Now, that's one of the things we hear about Steele pretty consistently is that he is first in, last the, the, out. The work that, ethic yeah, is off the charts with him. See, that's where, I mean, with a guy like uh, with Joe Philbin, Joe Philbin, that's kind of his guy. And, I, you know, and there's there's whispers, and this is maybe this is unfair, but there's been whispers that, you know, Mike Solari not interested in really playing young guys. He likes veteran players. I mean, there's coaches that are like that, but I this this thing is not. If you want to tell me one area that that has really the most question marks about it, I'm going to say it's that. I'm going to say it's the offensive line, specifically the coaching aspect of it. Oh. That that's that's unsettling. I, I don't know that anybody wants to hear that. It, it's no. I mean, that's just what I mean. I, no, it's it's interesting though because I remember Todd Archer came with you guys. Todd Archer from ESPN, who is incredibly plugged in and has a really good understanding of the thought process with the team, had said to you guys when they still filled the offensive line spot. You got to remember, Jeff Blasco was still in the room at this point. Yeah. Joe Philbin had not been moved on from yet, and. Todd Archer said, there's some people in the building who believe Lunda Wells, the tight ends coach, yeah. might be the best offensive line coach in the building. And they, I mean, they kept him at tight ends. I, I think Lunda Wells did a tremendous job with the tight ends Good the coach, last couple yeah. of years. Um, but, but that tells you a little bit like, okay, well then, then is everybody in their right spot? The fact that you had two other offensive line coaches in here, and then you got and hire somebody, Mike Solari, who was on the beach and uh, has, has, you know, feels little bit like the old boys network type of hire well and it but and also McCarthy and he's won 25 games and he two years ago that is a Schottenheimer connection as well yeah two years Solari. ago you know pandemic football just won a good football team yeah won a good football team during pandemic time and that's when you had guys like you know you had uh Mike Nolan and you know you had uh the the linebacker coach that was Got demoted because George Edwards. Now you got the linebacker coach back. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's you. You kind of. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, one twenty-five games. I'm going to get the guys back in here I want to work with. You know. Yes. I mean, listen. He he had no reason. He had no reason to fire Doug Nussmeyer. Yeah. No. I, I think. Yeah, no Dak, reason. Dak, Dak is going to be the politician on all this. If you, if uh, Kellen, there's been a lot of changes. If you had to, if you asked me, what's the the one coaching move that probably pissed Dak off the most? It'd be the Nussmeyer. It'd be the Nussmeyer move. That, that's a that's a coach he had a hey, ton and of know, respect and still does has a ton of respect. Scott Tolzien, 
fine. You might I think be he like Scott Tolzien. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm about to say Scott Tolzien. You know, you, you, he might turn into the next the next great one. Who not knows? an indictment of Tolzien. Not at all. Just speaks to the appreciation Dak has for but Doug Nussmeier. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, if you if you sat down and got on a fishing or you went on a fishing boat with Dak and you know you're throwing your line in the water and you're saying, hey, what's the one move that would bother you? Again, I think you're right. I think he would have said, I don't know why they got rid of Doug Nussmeyer. I don't know why. Uh, that, that's absolutely the case. Now, when we talk about the offensive line here, if we're talking about left guard is open, the rest of the offensive line, in, in theory, would be set then. You've got uh, Tyler Smith and Terrence Steele at the tackles. Obviously, Zach Martin, uh, Tyler Biotis there at center. If left guard is open and Edoga's brought in here for competition, does that then scream to us, the biggest need on this football team, because we were assuming Tyler Smith might be sliding inside of left guard. So does that scream to us? The biggest need on this football team heading into the draft might be left guard. That might be where they are really needing to pick somebody when they get to 26. Yeah. And if that's the case, is this Osiris Torrance, who I, for what it's worth, as they're starting to schedule some of these 30s, which have not come out yet, even though I don't have the list of who does, I know he has not gotten one yet. Yeah. So Torrance is not somebody they've chosen to visit yet. Um, but Osiris Torrance, could they think John Michael Schmitz could play left, uh, could play guard? I think they do believe he could play guard or center right. out of Minnesota. Um, TCU Pro Day is coming up here in a couple days. Steve Avila, a yeah. guy that they, I think, believe in a lot and think is a really good football player. Uh, are we? Is this heading towards a potential where, hey, the target's got to be left guard at 26, or you maybe need to trade back and pick a left guard? I think that, to me, I, I, I kind of feel like that they're going to let this board come to them. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. And I, if you mention a Steve Avia, and when you start to talk about Torrance and Avia, basically the same height weight. If you, you, you know, I, if, I think Avila is a little more athletic, a, but no, same height, weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little more, but, I, but I, Avila I, more athletic, I, clearly Avila, more athletic. Avila moves better. Torrance has more, clearly more. Power. Yeah, clearly, clearly. You know, I mean, this guy is Avila is, you know, I mean, he gets plenty of opportunities as a pass blocker, plenty of opportunities to play as a, and he's good at it. I mean, he, yeah. he doesn't give any ground. He's powerful. You know, I mean, you get some push with this guy playing that and, you know, that in the running game, too. But there's I think that he's going to have to play in a scheme and like him and Torrance, where it's a little bit more about power than it is about because there's times when a via extends and you lose that separation. I mean, you lose yeah. that you, you know, separation happens. So I think a via is damn good. I really, really do. Him? Would you be okay if he's the guy at 26, or would that feel like a reach to you? I don't feel like it would be a reach. It, it, because, but, I mean, him, I think Bradford from LSU, I know people are always on me like, oh, Brad, she love all the LSU guys. But Anthony Bradford's a guy that if you're talking about, if you want to move back in a draft, I think Anthony Bradford would be a guy that you might want to consider there going back. Because, again, another guy at 6'4", 300 and you know, 332 pounds, strength, power, movement. Yeah. There's there's probably, I think the list of guards is better at the top than it is towards the middle or at the bottom. Yeah, this is, this does not stretch. The, no. the guard group does not stretch. Now, here's the thing. I think a lot of people feel like there's not a chance you get to 26 and the best player left on the board is Steve Avila. 
I, I think a lot of people feel that. But let's say they like Avila, they target him, and they say, this is our guy right here. Would it make some sense, maybe? You look at it and go, you call Kansas City and say, hey, Kansas City back there at 31. You guys want to come up here, get a pass catcher, not not risk losing somebody? Just swap with us. We'll take whatever it is, a, a fourth round or whatever, move back a little. And then at 31, that way you're ensuring the fifth-year option on the guy, but you're also going back as far as you can on the first round slot money. You're picking up some extra capital and picking Avila, maybe a little closer to where you actually have him on your board. Or would you say you're getting too cute? If Avila is the guy you want, yeah, don't, don't, don't get cute. Just try if the, if the guy's there, you know, if you have several of those guards, Torrance, uh, Torrance, Avila, Bradford, you know, I mean, if you, if you had them ranked, if I had them ranked how I would, John Michael Smits from from Minnesota would be my top guy. Would you feel like you're you're wasting his ability though? I'm going to play him at guard. I'm going to play. I'm going to play him at guard, but I know that I have the flexibility if he gets too expensive for me at center with uh, you know, with Biotis. I mean, Biotis is coming up, and people are probably evaluating Biotis and going, "Heck, this is a pretty solid." Heck, they took their they took a. The Dolphins took a guy that you had as a starter at at left guard and made him a center. Yeah, you know, and 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 was just fine with that. Did you? I can't. Did you grade him at center? It's so funny. David Hellman and I went on this tour. Yeah, we went on this tour during uh, Connor Williams' first uh, year that he was drafted, 2018. 2018. and we went on this tour, and I'll never forget. We went to the we went to Texas A and M, and then we went to Austin to look at the you know, and I remember the New Orleans Saints worked him out as a center. They worked him out as a tackle, a guard, and a center. And I remember looking at Helmut and going, "Why does he look better at center?" <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. And Helmut goes, "Man, maybe they got something figured out here." But that's kind of that's kind of where I think. I think the same thing with John Michael Smith. I think the same thing with him. I think you could. If if you don't want to pay your center, play him at guard, but you have the flexibility if something happens to Biotish, you can plug him in at center, and then maybe it's a uh, you know a Doga or somebody like that playing the guard. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.